Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Any better? That's all right. Yeah? Hello? <laughs> Close on Monday. <laughs> Hello? We got the background ambiance going on. So is there a tour birthday today? Yeah, Dale's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mr. President. And what are the plans? Is there any ritual on the road when it's Blow someone's birthday? Yeah, from yeah, every member. Yeah. No, he's gonna give us uh, <laughs> his birthday. Last year we. I'm last not year, laughing because my birthday is on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yours is an odd number, so. <laughs> what goes around comes around, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes around. It's Hopefully. sounding good out there, though. Oh, thanks. Sound checks are always weird. And you got John Spencer out with you. I want to know yeah. first of all, where does that friendship begin? In the '80s. Yep. We played with Pussy Galore. And uh, um, we were always fans, you know. Um, and so it just kind of went from there through there into John Spencer. We played, I think we played once or twice with John Spencer Blues Explosion, I think. Can't remember. I know at least once. And then um, then uh, 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 we're fans of John's. I think John's a really extraordinary guitar player, and I think his uh, guitar playing is uh, severely uh, underrated. Yeah, I don't know why. You never hear anybody talk about him as a guitar player. I don't know why. It seems weird to me. I guess they were one of the first bands, really, to warp and reshape traditional American rock and roll rhythm and blues, blues music. Well, right? yeah, I mean, you could. I always thought they were industrial cramps. Yes, know? very the much. Cramps so. were. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure they're fans. <laughs> yeah. And the Gun Club, and um, we know. I know we we always were, um, uh, but they seemed like a logical extension to me. You know. What they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And the cramps and the gun club and did birthday party and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Similar vibe. A little different, you know? Um, I was listening to the other day the director's cut album, and oh, I would yeah. love to hear about the recording of that and how you go from the idea to the execution. Because for me, the composers that you work with, obviously, you know, you did Battle of Mente and Ennio Morricone and all of those kind of classic film scorers. Mm-hmm. How do you as a four-piece go about reworking those vintage scores in the way that you did that made it so original and unique well, and weird we as a, and brilliant? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We, we as a four-piece didn't do that. Um, that was all from Mike. It was Mike. all Mike, was it? Yeah, yeah. It's all his deal. Tenemas is his deal. I can't say I contributed anything at all. Um, <laughs> nothing. 
um, and that's the way he wanted it. So. so you just come in and play the parts that he's already written, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then he sits there and tells you whether you're right or wrong, and then w- tells you when it's done. Okay, yeah, fine with me. Is he a hard taskmaster? Um, I think he mostly knows what he wants, but um, um, it was um, all those records and all the live shows are done with extremely uh, few practices, not much rehearsing, and um, uh, I don't feel comfortable along those lines. I always feel like I can play better when I had a little bit of time to digest everything, but that's not the way it was in that band, so... I don't know that we'll ever do anything again. So were you taken out of your comfort zone for that project? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? It's fine, whatever. It doesn't doesn't bother me. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, uh, um, And, you know, those guys are good players, and, um, you know, that kind of thing helps. Nobody's babying anybody along, so that was nice. You know, we didn't do uh, a tremendous amount of work all things considered over that amount of time but uh, um, who knows what will happen in the future I don't have any reason to believe that there will be another record but you never know uh, how is working with Dave? Lombardo? yeah uh, weird <laughs> how so? Uh, I don't even know where alone to begin alone at last buzz who's this jacket behind us here? this one? yeah oh, it's Stevens that's the real looking jacket that is it started out all red now it's amazing yeah <laughs> Um, Dave's weird uh, I don't think he quite understands his place in music you know yeah he goes from say suicidal tendencies to the misfits to do you th- if, well, is that they, the case they pay him I don't know that yeah he, no of course obviously you know the money I helps know that, uh, uh, I don't know that he knows I don't know how, don't know how much he's into that stuff do you I feel like he's idea. been a bit adrift really since leaving Slayer then he's always been adrift you felt yeah you know I, I guess he's very like I said, out of state, I don't think he quite understands his place in music. Yeah. So is he on the quest to try and figure that place out, do you think? No. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea. I mean, I don't... You know, I was never really friends with Dave. Um, we were around each other, but as far as being friends, that's a that was a... Um, you know, he had no concept of what was going on with me, that's for sure. Didn't ask, you know. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> you, I don't think he was at all familiar with my history at all. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care about that. I'm not going to lead somebody down the garden path, you know. If they don't know anything about it, so be it. I don't really particularly care. Um, um, the... Uh, I, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, um, there wasn't a lot of common ground with Dave. Dave thought, like, the stuff about Slayer that we liked, I, thought, I think he thought it was silly, you know. Just, you know, didn't like the satanic stuff, and I was like, well, you know, it's what you signed up for. Yeah, <laughs> you are in Slayer, or were. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're done now, aren't they? I don't know. Yeah, they're doing their final bow out this year. Done for now, it's called. Done for now, then <laughs> back soon. Dot dot dot. Who knows? And what about Mike? Because that's obviously a friendship which is, you know, got history, both musically yeah. and, and personally, right? Yeah, I was much more fr- much more friendly with Mike. I mean, uh, um, we had a friendship that was beyond Phantomos. I never had that with Dave. Like Dave never called me up. You know, hey, how's it going? That's that's not happening. You know? um, not that I expected him to, but um, certainly never went to that point. You know. Um, I never had it out with Dave or anything like that, but um, there's just not a lot, not a lot there personally on a personal level. Mike, you know, we were friends. Beyond that, I was really good friends with Trevor. Trevor, Trevor played in the Melvins. Um, I've often said that the best thing I got out of Phantomos was my relationship with Trevor. You know? So there you go. Mike's a weirdo, <laughs> but you're kind of weirdo. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh. I live a pretty conservative life and let my wildness come out in my work. Yeah. You know, I don't um, waste a lot of that energy on a, on a, um, in a frivolous nature. I have a pretty uh, sedate home life and uh, that's kind of how I want it. 
quiet. My mom has said that our, me and my wife's house is the quietest place she's ever been. <laughs> and what about you have a lot of dogs at home, right? We have two at the moment. Two We've had as moment. many as five, four at one time. Yeah. And that's are they all rescue dogs? Mostly. Yeah. 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 We've had a lot of dogs, a lot of different dogs. Um, uh, we had to put one down recently, which is a really major bummer. But um, we have two now, American Hunt Terrier and a Jack Russell. So Jack Russells are so cute. I always fell in love with them from a very early age. They seem like really the perfect little like. sidekick, right? What now? They seem like the perfect little sidekick. Yeah, they're great. They're, they're my favorite dog. Um, the, one, the, the, the puppy that we have, he's about seven months old now. He's a, an American Hunt Terrier, which is similar to a Jack Russell. So they get about you know, 12 to 15 pounds. And, um, they're, uh, if you don't have time to take care of those dogs, then they're just going to tear your house to pieces. Yeah. You, they need exercise and attention and they're a commitment and uh, i think some people aren't prepared for that yeah i feel like some people get them almost like a fashion accessory sometimes and then they go out to work as you say and leave the poor thing on its own all day and then you're obviously going to come home to a house that's been turned upside down because this thing's been left on its own they want work they want to work they're working i mean terriers are generally working dogs yeah they want they want a job to do and um chuck russell's are high energy dogs very high energy i'm possibly one of the most high energy maybe but they they want to hunt and they want to go out and do adventure and uh, um, if you can't give that to them you shouldn't have those dogs you know? I, I agree absolutely and i think well, it's a it's people you know that's how they get neurotic and weird and it'd be like if you know only in your own life if only you know 10 percent of what you needed was getting taken care of you'd freak out you know eventually <laughs> you know so what attracted you to have you always been a dog guy did you grow up with pets? Yeah. Um, my wife is super into dogs, and we've been together 25 years, married almost 25 years. So um, we got a, as soon as we moved out of our apartment, we were able to have it in the house and we were able to have a dog. We got one. So we've always had dogs almost, almost our whole, well, I guess 20, 22 or 20, 23 years out of the 25. You know, so decades of dogs. So. Um, um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that their responsibility and you see them to the end through, um, they're a big part of our life. So major. Do you walk them all as one group out together, like family outings? Yeah. But when you had say five, would it be like a big yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't leave one at out. home while you take the other one. That's, that's not fair. <laughs> no. Um, until they get too old and then they don't really want to go. Yeah. So. I had a West Highland Terrier, which lived to the age of 17. Yeah. And he was, by the end, you know, you could walk him for 10 meters and he was mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Yeah. They start but, losing their vision. Yeah. They have a hard time standing up. We had a J- Jack Russell we had to put down at 20, 21 years old. 21. That's <laughs> old, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And what's that in doggies? That's like 120 or something. I don't know. <laughs> My wife's a miracle worker with dogs, though, so. How did you two Maybe. meet? Because she's like a, an artist, right? Did she- she's a graphic designer and a yoga instructor. Did you meet through the sort of music scene or? We met through mutual acquaintances, but uh, um, she didn't know anything about our band really, you know, which was kind of attractive to me. Yeah. Um, There's no preconception or. She wasn't a fan, so. um, Is she now? (laughs) Well, you know, it's one of those things where uh, um, I don't get offended if she tells me what she thinks, so. That's a, she's not a fan of everything, but why would she be? You know, um, I am a um, very attracted to strong women and uh, um, and independence and uh, devotion. And I don't expect her to do any more than I'm willing to do, which is a massive amount. So, <laughs> and that's the three cornerstones right there. I think of any successful relationship, right? Independence, devotion, and being strong. I think so. I think that the idea that women are being taken advantage of and that there's a patriarchy is these people haven't met my wife, you know. I don't believe any of that. You know, I think it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, um, there are certainly women who are being persecuted throughout the world, but by and large, it's not in America or anywhere civilized. I do think you have a choice, and obviously I can't speak for females because I'm not one, but I do feel like you have a choice in life 
whether you're going to be a victim or not, right? A lot of the time you can mm. actually stand up for yourself and actually just say, no, I'm not going to allow myself to be disrespected or taken advantage of in that way if you have that strength of character. Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, uh, people are different. You know, all people are different. Some people are not really interested in any kind of confrontation. That's men and women. Yeah. Some guys are willing to be a doormat. Some women are willing to be a doormat. I don't know why. I don't know why that works, how that works. You know, I mean, uh, um, what I think the feminists fail to realize is that women, to most men, are the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) You know? From mothers to sisters to partners, yeah. They're into women massively. I, I think they kind of miss that. They don't see it for what it is. I have no interest in exploiting women. Where are these women that are willing to be exploited? I've never met them. <laughs> there wasn't long lines of groupies back them. in the 80s you know, at Melvin's shows then. What yeah. was that? There wasn't long lines of groupies back in the 80s at Melvin's shows. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can find that. <laughs> I was never attracted to the kind of woman I could have in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, why would you want what you can have? I mean, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, but particularly, I've never, never been that kind of a guy. So, um, uh, I uh, uh, meet very few women that are that think that they're uh, a few that are crazy that think that you know they're getting screwed over somehow. I mean, I, I just don't see it. You know, I don't know what they're talking about. And when they talk about you know the wage gap, it's just a numbers game. If you follow those numbers, it's bullshit. It's total bullshit, you know. So I just don't I, don't, I don't, I don't feel like falling into that sort of thing. And if you want to blame someone for all your troubles, then I just think you're a dumbass. You know, go ahead. What, see what it gets you. I am not going to give you anything. You can earn my respect, but it's not a given. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Just because yeah. you're a woman or just because you're a guy or whatever, I don't respect you until you've shown me that you're respectable. One, for, one form or another. You don't, you don't just get that. Trust is an earned thing. It's not a given. You know, so I don't, I don't, uh, um, I like the differences between men and women. I think that's what makes the whole thing cool. Yeah, I think if you, you know? try and reduce and remove those differences, then the world becomes, as you say, like homogenized and dull, doesn't it? To and me, I have no interest in Not that. real. Yeah, I'm interested in individual people and what they think. And not not being part of any herd. I'm not into the herd mentality. I'm not into collectivism. Um, I think that you take care of those around you. But as far as like, you know, I'm part of this rock music scene and this is the way bands are. I've never felt that way. I never felt like I was part of any of that stuff. Never. I thought, why would I want to be part of that? I have no interest. None. Why would I want a woman that's going along with a whole bunch of other crap? I want a woman that, that stands on her own and makes her own decisions. That's what I want, you know? And if you don't want that, I don't really understand it, you know? I just don't get it. I don't get any of that stuff, <laughs> you know? Do you thrive from being out of step with certain scenes and genres and collectives in music? Do you like being your own little island? Because you've obviously kind of over the years forged a very unique identity yourself individually yeah. and with the Melvins. I'm very much of the idea that I didn't even know I didn't want to do that until you told me I had to. You know? <laughs> really, I mean, really, it's just a uh, um, um, very much a Groucho Marxist. I don't want to belong to any club that will have me as a member. Yeah, you know? it's just like I don't want to sleep with any groupie that would have me. Why would I want to do that? The women that I would want aren't at the shows, aren't available. That's what you want. Don't I mean being different is not the easy way out. You know, it's not. It's it's a hard way. It's a it's a much harder road to to um, you know to stand. I mean, uh, Dale Dale drummer Dale did an interview with with um, Howard Stern, and Howard Stern was asking him about all the typical questions that would come from a dumbass like that, which is like you know groupies and all these things. And Cover was just kind of like, I don't do those kind, and then I don't do those kinds of things. It's just not you know. And he got off the air, and then when Crover's off the air, then he says, it doesn't sound like that guy had any fun. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, that's what you would think, Howard, because you're stupid. You're a moron, you know? You're not funny. You think you're amazing. 
then you can't think outside the box. You can't do it. You know, so I just, you know, I'm not comfortable with those kinds of things thrown around my neck. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a part of any of it. None of it. Never have. Just think there's plenty of bands that are willing to do those sorts of things, be involved in that kind of stuff, go be part of a scene, be part of all those things. And I just have never had any interest in it. Never. You know, I mean, it, it goes against my nature um, to uh, uh, be a joiner in her. You know? I don't want to be. You know? What's the driving force for you then when you get up in the morning and you, you know, say, sit down to either pen words or pick up a guitar? What's your motive and inspiration? Is it just the music, the pure art of it? Um, I have a lot of things I'm interested in along those lines, um, whether it's photography or art in of itself. Um, the hardest thing for me is just thinking of what I wanted to do, what I want to do. That's the hardest thing. Um, um, I have lots of ideas. I change my mind about stuff all the time. Um, I, uh, uh, is that why you like to be fairly prolific with your releases? Because you don't like to stay too long in one spot and um and ah over decisions as opposed to just say, let's just get this down, get it out, move on to the next thing. Well, yeah, there's some of that. There's a envision execute, you know, but what's weird is that, um, as a songwriter, I've written hundreds of songs and recorded hundreds of songs. Um, but it's never what people imagine it to be. Um, like we put out a new record, you know, a new album. Those songs are new to you, but they may have been sitting around with me for 15 years, you know, I mean, not being, and it's not finished. So I've had people that have said, Things like, I really like your Stoner Witch record. I don't know if I really like your newer stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, what particular songs and new, newer stuff? And it turns out, you know, well, you know, some of those songs I wrote then yeah. those could have been on that record. It's just new to you. So in your brain, you have come up with all this stuff that isn't true. It isn't even remotely true. Do you know? think a lot of people, particularly with rock, attribute certain albums to periods in their life? And the reason they like that record is probably because they have this nostalgic pocket of their brain where they were like, oh, I was having a good time at that point in time. Yeah, and I associate be. that music with that. It could be, I don't know. Whereas now I'm a, you know, an older guy and I've got responsibilities and a job. Because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that nostalgic, wistful yeah, um, ignorance sometimes, isn't that, there? That happens. Um, I just don't think people... I, I don't think they quite understand how all that stuff works. <laughs> I don't know. And sure, you know, people identify with music, whatever. That's fine. However, they, however they want to do it. Um, but uh, um, you're not someone who wants to put out the same record twice. I imagine. I don't really want to. Um, it's hard to not be influenced by yourself. Of course. Uh, it's difficult with somebody like Tom Waits who puts on a record. It sounds like Tom Waits. You know what I mean? But. Um, you try to look past that and see what he's doing now, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you a big Waits fan? Uh, oh yeah, I love Tom yeah. Waits. Um, oh yeah, clearly. I mean, hugely. Um, What's your favorite album if you had to choose one? Blue Valentine. Is it? Yeah, easily. Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Now, I love that, that song. That's is a an really good song. song. And uh, Kentucky Avenue. Yeah. Romeo's uh, Bleeding, that's on that one, isn't it? Yep, that's all recorded live to two-track, the whole album. Amazing. Yeah. Well, good, I'm, that's my favorite one. I'm I think mine like would be Heart Attack and Vine, I think would good. be mine. Because I like the way it's almost like a stepping stone between that Blue Valentine sound and then the more weird Rain Dogs, yep. Swordfish stuff. Yeah, I like that. Uh, the Blue Valentine, I think, just think he hit it. He yeah. Hit, hit it. I don't think there's a weak track on there on that, on that album. Even the, the uh, West Side Story song's good opening song that's the opening yeah is he someone you work with or is that the other guys I've never worked there, with well, there wasn't a Tom Waits connection no mm -mm. Oh, I think it was a couple of the guys in John Spencer's Could band be, yeah. actually yeah. I'm not good at networking like that no, as a no I don't you do can't be bothered no uh, um, not so much that I can't be bothered I just uh, schmoozing ain't your game no it's not my thing I, I just you know it's like you know oh you know there's a big Hollywood party. I live in LA. Do you want to go? No, I don't want to go. How long have you been out there? I've been in LA for more than 20, 25 years. Okay. Long time. Yeah. And most people don't even know I live there, which is fine with me. <laughs> um, uh, I love LA. I love living there. I love everything about it. You know, and then the things that I don't like, I just don't participate in. You know, I like urban living. I don't want to live in the country. I have no interest in those kinds of people or what, 
it entails to make that work. It's too much work for me. I'd rather hide in the um, endless metropolis of a gigantic urban landscape. Where you've got everything you could possibly ever want. Yep. All right. And it doesn't bother me. You know, people, oh, I can't stand the traffic. Well, it's like, you know, that's just a small price to pay for not having to live with the rednecks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. I've already done that. I did that for a large part of my life, and I have no interest. They got enough out of me, and I'm done. I'm done. I mean, you know, maybe I'll change my mind at some point, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. You know? I don't like that particular way of living. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Could you look back at the early years in your career and in your life with fondness still despite some of the you know painful and difficult memories that are obviously now undoubtedly attached to that time period because of you know the loss of certain lives from within that scene yeah are you able to still look back and have happy memories and smile and or has it been tainted almost by that no it's totally tainted it is absolutely um i have a hard time divorcing it from reality and i'll never get over that stuff ever you know, um, that's hard for people to to imagine. I think, you know, I think it's not hard in their own lives, but it's hard to imagine that things like that can happen, and you just move on. It's okay, you know. I'm not in that much denial with my own emotions, you know. Um, um, and uh, you know, I pretty much say whatever I think don't hide a lot of stuff along those lines and I think that's hard for people to deal with especially considering that, that we never had massive multi-platinum success or any of that sort of thing it, it delegitimizes what you're doing people think that you know you're just jealous or I couldn't be what, what there's nothing there for me to be jealous of you know what you know it's a horrible horrendous horrendous nightmare ending in tragedy and you know honestly I wish none of it would have ever happened and he was still alive. That would have been a lot better, much better ending. Um, I don't care about the money or fame or all that stuff. It's just horrible. What good did it do? You know, I mean, it didn't do any good. It's just a nightmare. And if people want to look at that with some kind of nostalgia and the good old days type of thing, I just don't see how suicide and heroin addiction are romantic in any way. You know? Were you close with Chris as well? Oh yeah, yeah. We knew all those guys really well. Yeah. You know, I was. It's, it's just a fucking nightmare. It's just a. It's a nightmare. You know. And um, um, I think those guys have a problem too because I say whatever I want. You know. And so then they portray me as being crazy, which I'm absolutely not crazy. You know, <laughs> not crazy. I'm just not one of their boot boys. So you know, I'm not going to just go along with whatever whatever they want. I don't know what they want really. Honestly, I have no idea. You know. Um, but what I do, instead of focusing on that sort of thing, I just keep my head down and work. You know, that's it. No one can so. accuse you of slacking on that department. Nope, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, yeah. And um, I've been in, I've been put in a position where I can make this work. I can go out and, and make a living playing music. And the way that I make that happen is by not compromising anything I'm doing. And, um. That is what is what has worked for me, but 
Um, and I'm not going to ruin that. So, you know. The greatest accomplishment of my life was uh, talking my wife into marrying me. That was great. And um, that will be there long, as long as nothing happens to either one of us, long after any of this stuff is gone. So, you know, really that is the most important thing to me. Certainly not the music, you know. Um, uh, you know, I could get my arms chopped off tonight and that would be the end of it. She's not leaving, you know. So, what's more important? <laughs> really. Were children ever on the cards for you guys? No. Or? No. Neither one of us ever wanted children, no. I mostly didn't want kids because uh, I didn't have the greatest time growing up. And I've had a hard time with a lot of things and I just couldn't see putting a kid through that, you know. She didn't, she agreed. She didn't want, want to have children either, so... Um, some people are weirded out by that. Well, why else would you get married? It's like, well, I got married because I loved her, and that was why. That's you want to share your whole life, life with someone, her. yeah. You know? um, that's it. You know? and, and that will work in a different way than those people think. It always has. You know, I'm not... Um... It's like Dale says, I never know what you're thinking. You know, never. You know, that's right. You know, my wife describes me as, you know, 10 conversations going at once, and, and it never stops, you know pretty much so uh i see no reason to quit as far as that's concerned um life for me is better than it's ever been i feel me and bob were talking earlier today um drummer from uh, john spencer's band and how you know um if we had to go back and be 25 again but we had to be under those circumstances i wouldn't do it <laughs> no way you know i don't want to live through my 20s or even my 30s again you know um, people have such a focus on ageism, which is, uh, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small part of your life, you know, really. You it's a mindset it. as well, right? Well, I mean, just being young is a small part of your life. That's it. You know, people that are 18 were, you know, you know, six years before were 12, you know, and six years later, they're almost 30, you know, it's just getting up there I mean it's halfway there you know it's just it's a um, I'm much happier now than I w ever was then and uh, I think people kind of miss out on that and if they want to think that I'm some far out old man that's fine with me I don't care yeah. they've always thought I was weird so it doesn't bother me was that the case before you were in music as a kid were you uh, yeah I never I never got along really it? well with the standard way things worked I thought things like going to university or after school was stupid and um, I thought the people that went were chumps I didn't see any reason to, to go why would you want to go and have more of that um, I didn't think that uh, I had no interest in being an you know, engineer or a doctor and people that want to go and do something like that I think it's a fine idea, but, you know, to go there and major in humanities or something, it's just a fucking waste of time. You're just extending your adolescence. That's it, you know. To me, get a useless college degree for what? You know, to I, come out with loads of debt. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> see any, I never saw any reason for it. I just thought it was stupid then. I still think it's stupid. I think a very small, a very small percentage of the population even belong in college. And if... If you can't, if you're ill prepared after 12 years of America, I don't know how long you go to school here, but uh, in America they go for 12 years. If at the end of those 12 years you are an unemployable moron and you need four more years or whatever to get a job, then why don't you go back and fix the first 12 years? <laughs> you know? It's an interesting perspective, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. What the hell are you doing for 12 years then? That makes no sense. You know, I don't, I don't get it. No one seems to question that, which is odd to me. I don't think it's a... I think for me, higher education was more about finding my personality and having the freedom and independence and time to do that so then I could figure out what I wanted to do later in life when I was more equipped to make the right choice. And I'm grateful and thankful that I did because I don't think I'd be doing something as enjoyable as this now if I'd have just jumped straight into a job and then... You know, before you know it, you're then on that employment ladder. and Maybe. Whereas I, you, I presume, know. went straight into music, right? No, I had jobs. I you did? I crap jobs until I was able to make a living playing music. So what was the worst job you ever had, Buzz? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, uh, I worked in a... Cleaning up a butcher shop. That was pretty good. Um, 
that's pretty crazy work. Um, I had all kinds of crazy jobs. Um, um, Ozzy used to work in a slaughterhouse in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, um, when we were able to make a living playing music, it was just barely. And I, was, I haven't had a straight job since 1988. So That's pretty that good going. Time. 30 yeah. years? Yep. 30 yeah. years without a job. So, regular job. Um, I was looking at some of the covers that your wife designed over the years as well. Some some of my favorite records. Like oh, wow. Circle Jerks, Group Sex. You did that one, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah Bad Religion, The Process of Belief. What was that? Brad Religion, The Process of Belief. I remember when she was doing that one, yeah. Rancid, Let's Go was one. Yep. And uh, the Social Distortion album with the purple and yellow color yeah. scheme going on, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. She did that one. Yeah. Um, and obviously loads of She did Melvin's their records. logo, too. The, oh, really? The little skeleton guy. Oh, killer. She didn't do that for them, though. They just took it from her. Right. Yeah. Did she get her Jews or? Nothing. No. No, she's got they, nothing from them. Yeah. Nothing. The little guy with the martini and the yeah, cigarette. that's her design. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't for them. It was designed as a postcard for New Year's in the early 80s. And they said, can we use it? And she said, sure. Uh, just give me some money when you, whenever you guys make some. Well, apparently, they haven't made any money. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Ness. Uh, and there I've seen was... That. And so the, many people with tattoos of that. It's just oh, crazy. It's, you know. you know, it's synonymous to say the misfit skull, isn't it? As one of those. Yeah, it's huge. But anyway, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Tool, 10,000 Days. What now? Tool, 10,000 Days. Yeah, the yeah. last two Tool albums. Uh, lots of stuff. A lot, I mean, a mass amount. Um, graphic design is harder now because everybody has computers, and so they think that they're graphic designers. Of course. Yeah, like everything, isn't it? Everybody's now a photographer because they've got an iPhone and Instagram. Yep. Um, everybody's a songwriter and producer because they've got GarageBand. Yep. Um, Do you see any value in that, in any musician in the world being able to make and put out a record or do you feel like that total accessibility of technology has made the market oversaturated and now there's just too much shit out there um no i mean i think it's you know the good bands will stand above all that usually i mean uh rare occasions um i think that people have kind of forgotten why they went to good recording studios in the first place um that's not to say that back in the good old days that all the records sounded good because they didn't. I've often said I can make a crappy sounding record with any format. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, let me ask you this. What is your take, Buzz, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's do you have Do you have an opinion on it? Because there's a lot of stuff in the news at the moment. There I is. don't know whether you've seen it. No. Uh, Ted Nugent um, is sort of getting a bit of you know backlash as he often does for saying that it's a sacrilege that he hasn't yet been inducted into the hall of fame and so loads of people are saying well you don't deserve to be because of all your political right-wing opinions and then there's this whole shitstorm kicking off david crosby from the birds jumped in and said he doesn't deserve to be and all this i mean do you even feel like the rock and roll hall of fame is something that holds any importance in your world in the world of creativity and music well if david crosby with his you know if he belongs there, Ted Nugent belongs there. Um, I would say there's people that had a lot less musical value than than Ted Nugent are in there. You know, um, I don't even know who's in there. I have no idea. I'm certainly not an expert about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It doesn't make any any difference to me. Um, I kind of view it as the same as a uh, you know the Academy Awards or musicians giving themselves awards. Who cares? <laughs> I don't, you know. Uh, I've never set foot in the place. Um, if you got the invite, would you go? No, I wouldn't no. go. I got invited. Thanks, I got invited no when um, Nirvana got inducted, and I didn't had no interest. I didn't even say no. I just didn't respond. You know, I don't care about things like that. I think it's uh, silly and um, embarrassing, you know, in a lot of ways. Um. um do you think when it comes to people like Ted Nugent that music and politics should be separated and his no. discography should not be judged next to his political well, that's stance? Never happen. No, it's well, not at this stage, and, certainly you not. No, he's probably not in there because of his political stance and nothing to do with music. So what does that say about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You know? You can get in there as long as you agree with what we think. That's fucking bullshit. You know, he belongs in there, he doesn't. If you want to get mad at him because of what he says in the press and that has nothing to do with rock and roll as far as I'm concerned I mean Jesus Christ 
you know, I thought rock and roll was rebel music, you know. Certainly used to be. Uh, if now you have to go along and be some panty waist weirdo that that uh, uh, just agrees with everyone around, why would you want to be involved in that? I wouldn't want to. You know? I don't have any interest in any of that. You know, count me in with Jerry Lee Lewis and Jim Morrison. They wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have cared about any of that. Certainly not. I don't. You know. And you're not about to stop listening to an artist because of anything that they've said. I can't think of anyone. Who? Good. You know, I feel like you should just judge the art for the for what it is. I mean, you, you know, know, to me it's like, you know, I think stuff like what Roger Waters did with Israel is really stupid. You know, you're not going there to play for the government. You know, you're going there to play for people who live there. That's silly. And then and then what makes you an expert on Israeli politics? That's just horrible. It's just stupid. You know? It's just it's just stupid. You know, I mean I, I just once again, it's an area of the world where women are treated on a level barely above dog shit. The only place in the Middle East where you could a woman could walk around in a bikini or there'd be a gay rights march is Israel. How could you be against it? <laughs> this is crazy. The one place there that's civilized. You don't want anything to do with it. it should be wiped out. You know, I'm not. I'm not. No, I can't. I can't. That's just, that's insane. That's just insane. You know, and, and and I never hear the women women's rights activists talking about any of that. It seems weird to me. Why aren't they freaking out every single day about Sharia law? You know, why aren't they? I never hear a word about it. Do you? I, th- I feel like with a lot of liberal movements, it's only of interest to them if it affects them directly in the it's, Western world. It's just nuts. It's which nuts. is complete bullshit. But do you feel like that is probably the way? I think that, they, that those countries can do whatever they want to. But I should also be able to say what I think about it. That's it. And if I don't want to go there because of that, I mean, you know, if, if Roger Waters had said something like, I don't want to play in such and such place in the Middle East because of the way they treat women. You're right. I agree with you 100%. That's not Israel. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. We're talking about 50% of the population. That's much more important to me than whatever political thing they're doing. It's like, how do you treat your own? You know, that's just... That seems like the issue to me, you know. Do you socialize a lot with musicians, Buzz? Well, I'm out. around them all the time, you know. Um, Say someone like Jello. I mean, do you and him get to sit down and get into it? Oh, he thinks that he doesn't go along with what the, the way I think. I'm far too libertarian for him, you know. Um, he, he always says, "I already know what you think," which is like I, I, I'm more of a classical liberal, you know. Which is, uh, you know, I, I don't care about. Um, you know, I'm not. I, don't, I have no opinion on things like gay rights. It's fine with me. I don't, couldn't care less. I think you know, for total legalization of all drugs, including pharmaceutical drugs like antibiotics. Um, I don't see any reason why we should have to be treated like children when it comes to things like that. I think I can decide for myself. Me and my doctor can decide what I want, and I don't need you telling me that I have to have a prescription. Um, I'm for you know prostitution, gambling. I'm all for all of that. I have no interest in telling people what to do along those lines in any way. I have no interest in regulating their lives. To me, that's liberal. That's liberal. You know, if Ted Nugent wants to say what he wants, I couldn't care less. I'm not going to say, don't listen to him. You know, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But then to, 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 to put your political agenda onto everyone else, I think is really crossing the line. It's not, it's not okay. I mean, ultimately, like, even like with the Middle East, I don't care how they treat their women. They can do whatever they want, but I don't have to think it's okay. You know, <laughs> that, that that seems obvious to me. You know, so, um, but you know, I, I I'm not into collectivism or, or you know, socialism along those lines. You know, we were talking about that earlier today. It's like okay, so with socialized medicine, if you have have warts burned off of your dick, do you have to go down and talk to some woman at the? <laughs> computer says no <laughs> next you know it's like no nah, i'm not interested in that you know no no whatever happened to you know doctor patient confidentiality i guess that's out the window <laughs> don't sign me up you know I, I those are the kinds of things i worry about more than anything else you know the big stuff yeah yeah exactly you know? <laughs> the big how's that work if i need uh, psychotropic drugs now the whole government knows you know? <laughs> no, i don't think i want to do that 
don't think I have any interest in that, you know? Do you, so, think it, you know. Do, do you think it's important to surround yourself with friends who have different opinions and ideas and beliefs? I don't write so people you can. off that have a different opinion than me, you know? I mean, if Ted Nugent was my friend, I wouldn't write him off because of what he thought, you know? And, and people go, what if, what if someone was a racist? It's like, well, there's worse things in the world to be than being a racist. I don't care. You want to hate somebody because of the race, their race? It doesn't bother me. Go ahead. Hate everybody you want. You know, if I think you're an asshole, I won't hang around with you. But I'm not going to make those kinds of judgment calls on someone. That's your business. You want to do that, you go ahead. I have no, you know. I mean, being a rapist is worse to me than being a racist. I was going to say the one thing worse than being a racist is a rapist. Just right. change the C to a P. There's millions of things. Yeah. You know, drug dealer, rapist, you know, a murderer. I mean, it's a huge list before racism. You know, is racism a problem? Yeah, but ultimately it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't care what color you are. There's assholes everywhere, you know. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm not, you know, I judge people on an individual basis. They're not all the same, you know? Not everybody is the same, and I hate it whenever I hear races or genders talked about as if they all walk in lockstep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's bullshit. Like every 28-year-old on the planet is exactly the same. Yeah. 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 Or every white person is the same, is yeah. every, and every black person thinks the same. That's just crazy. People think that are out of their minds. Well, the black community, you don't know anything about the black community. Well, who? Or the white community. Where is this community? I've never been, you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not, I'm Maybe you're the one white guy that's not allowed yeah, exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever. I just couldn't care less. You know? Is that a Shining t-shirt? Buzz? Yeah, the Shining. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. Uh, I'm a I huge movie fan. Barry Lyndon is my favorite Cubic film. Really? A bit of a weird choice, I know, but I just love... There's one scene in particular that's always stood out when he first sets off on his quest to go to London and he gets held up by the highwayman. And he, the guy just has this twinkle in his eye and he's like, and now, sir, we come to the more regrettable part of our encounter. Mm -hmm. And he takes all his money and then he's back to square one. And just something about that idea always stuck with me from a very young age of going out to find your dreams with everything you've got in one, gone. you know, and then just gone like that. And it's like, well, how did I, you know, then go about and yep. what he does and what he achieves. But just the look of it as well. Every frame's like a painting, beautiful film, weird film. But all really his weird. films are exceptional, aren't they? And I believe it was all filmed with natural light. Yes. Yeah. And yep. if there's candles, that's what they filmed it with. And that takes yep. a lot of planning. It's difficult to do. Difficult to do. Um, and the slow zoom lenses that he yeah, uses yeah, long so shots. much. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, that, he, filmmaking. I wasn't so much a big fan of his last movie, but he really didn't get to finish that one. So the one with Tom Cruise. Eyes Wide Shut. It was okay. Yeah. You know, but um, it didn't really measure up to everything else he'd done. I didn't think. Well, everything else he'd done was almost like the benchmark of every genre, wasn't it? Like horror, war, full metal jacket, historical epic, Spartacus. You had like uh, Clockwork Orange, kind of like cult weirdness. 2001. 2001 sci-fi. Yeah. The master. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, yeah, certainly. My favorite is uh, John Huston, though. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, easily. Um, favorite director, anyway. Why so? What was the... The best movie I think ever made was Treasure Sierra Madre. And he was a director. And so then it'd be hard to pick out... This is the best movie, but it's not directed by the best director. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I always love that when Academy Awards... Oh, this is the best picture, but the, the, director, the director of that film doesn't, doesn't get best director, yeah. Okay, that makes no sense. That's mad. <laughs> Whatever. It's a very good point. I never thought about it like that. Like, so you directed... The movie you directed as the best director wasn't the best movie of the year. So, okay, so who directed that one? Because it seems like he did a better job. <laughs> You know, it's bullshit. Those things are bullshit. You know, who cares about any of that? I just, I just don't care about any of it. It makes no sense to me. You know? You're a big fan of Lawrence of Arabia, right? Yeah, I huge, believe. huge. Well, David Lean. That's um, my dad's favorite film ever made. If yeah. you, you can go to his grave in Dorset in England. There's a place called I haven't been to his Morton. Grave, I've, been, I've been to his house. Have you been like to it. his house? Yeah. Pro arguably even better because he was alive there. The middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, down by, down, um, sort of near Stonehenge kind of. Right by where he died, you know. Yeah, I've been to his grave. That's in a, um, isn't that in that big church? Yeah, somewhere? yeah. It's called Saint Nicholas Church. I yeah, think. I've never been there. Yeah, that'd be cool. The other one I haven't seen. I haven't seen Napoleon's uh, tomb either. That would be good. It's two of the only things I have hard. Uh, two things I would do that I haven't ever done. So. That's on your list. Nice. Yeah, you know, if I ever get a chance, I would do it. But um, yeah, I love that movie. I think it's um, my second favorite movie. Is it really? 
There you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, really, uh, I mean, what compares to it? You know. Um, um, I think they did a year of principal, principal photography on that. And if you read, if you watch the extra, like the director's cut, there's a thing with Spielberg talking. Or the extras, not the director's cut, but just the extras and on the yeah, DVD. like a behind the scenes featurette thing. Yeah. He says that there's stuff in that movie he still can't figure out how he did it. Yeah, you know, like how he filmed it. It's like right, there's no CGI, that's for sure. You know, and um, it's almost nearly four hours long. Um, it's just, I just think it's, I never tire of that movie. I've seen it probably thirty plus times in the theater, probably maybe more. What you have in LA, which I'm very jealous of, is they show old films a lot more in cinemas out there, don't they? All the time. Like in England, all you get is the new releases, and all then the you'll time. occasionally get like a you know one film a week that's like your classic Wednesday night screening. But LA seems to have that year round. All the time, it's amazing. I just saw 50th anniversary of 2001. They showed it for a whole month in an amazing theater in LA, and I went six times to it. You know, um, four of the times were by myself. <laughs> <laughs> And every time you watch a film like that, you spot something new, don't you? Even Always. if it's the twentieth viewing. Well, theater, or the movies to me are a big deal. They're a, a, a huge deal, um, and so it doesn't bother me to watch the same film over and over. Um, just like watching, the, listening to the same songs over and over. I mean, it's no different to me. Um, um, so. I never understand when people, oh, you've seen it. I've yeah. already seen it. It's like, I've okay, seen it. Well, that's only the case for me if I hated the movie. Then I don't need to see it again. Like, loss of translation. I never see, need to see that movie again, ever. I think it's like well, it's an interesting point, I've isn't it? Because made. you're not going to go, no, I don't want to listen to Led Zeppelin 4 because I've already heard it. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see that movie. I've already seen it. Okay, well, you're clearly not as big a film fan as I am. So, so you don't argue with them. You go, fine. You go and do whatever it is you're doing that's better, you know. So, me, I'm there to experience it as they wanted it experienced, and I want to live it and be a part of it, and be a part of that art. And uh, in a dark room with me. a big screen, yep. huge speakers. Yep, yep, all of it. It's the best. You cannot get that at home, no matter what sort of theater setup you have. Even though you know. You can certainly have a nice place at home, but uh, you, there's always the pause button. You know? Yeah, there is. That's absolutely true. And also there's something about being in a room with a bunch of strangers and all together suspending your disbelief. Yeah. And going on that journey, especially if it's, say, a comedy or a horror or something like that where the, the emotions are quite, you know, universal oh, yeah. and huge. Yeah. And feeling that with... It's like being at a rock concert, isn't it? With the crowd. It's better. Um, although some of my favorite experiences have been seeing movies... With where I was me and one other person in the theater, you know, like I saw, um, uh, God, what's the name of that movie? Um, the Mel Gibson one about Jesus. I can't think of the name of it. Passion um, of the Christ. Passion of the Christ, which I think is an amazing movie. I don't know Apocalyptico why. Apocalyptico like is it. incredible. Apocalyptico well. is amazing. It's an unbelievable movie. I don't see what people don't. What the hell are you talking about? Apocalypto is totally great. High adventure, really fun. Acting in it is super, just superb. Everybody in that movie is good. Mel might be crazy, but he's made some good movies. And The Passion of the Christ, to me, is a fucking amazing art film. That's like one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. It's like, By it's far. not quite as mad, but you know that film, The Devils? Oh, yeah, yeah. By Ken, Ken Russell? Russell. Oh, that yeah, is yeah, one of my all-time favorite oh, films. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Once seen, never forgotten, right? Yeah, and it's based on a true story. To, to, to boot, you know. So, um, uh, but, uh, uh, uh Go on, say Passion of the Christ. You're going to say you saw that oh, in a... I saw a, that in the theater with one other person. Yeah. And it was in this gigantic theater in L.A. called the Cinerama Dome. And uh, it had came and went while we were on tour. And so I never saw it in the theater. And I got home and they were showing it for some reason here. And I went at like a noon showing and sat right in the middle in the front row. And <laughs> it was me and one other person in this giant theater. And oh, I was stunned by how amazing that movie was. Especially the opening scene, you know, with the moon and and uh, the devil, and it's just it's just amazing. It's just an amazing movie, and I just think people that don't see that it was stupid. It was too violent. It's like you know, my 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 mother and father in law are churchgoers, you know, and they said they loved it, and they were like um, because they said that's how that's how it was written, you know, 
that's how it was. So if you can't accept that, you know, Chuck, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, like, you know, by any means, but, uh, but I know good when I see it, you know, and I don't care where it came from. That's a fucking great movie, you know, and, and I think people that don't see that and miss are missing out and they're letting their prejudices stand in their way of enjoying amazing cinema. Because that kind of stuff doesn't come along very often. No. Something and less that and less weird. so in today's world. Because yeah. nowadays the, the trend is just reboots, sequels, and comic book superhero movies, isn't it? That seems I like to be, those too. Yeah, they're all good fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, then yeah. when you get something weird that's oh, ma- yeah, yeah. massive scale but weird, yeah. like oh, Apocalypse yeah. and stuff like I that, those, you're yeah. like, whoa. I actually heard people go, he made two movies with, that were foreign language. How stupid. <laughs> it's like, are you out of your mind? You know, do you know how hard that must have been to do? And it's like, no, no, no. That's an attention to detail and a, a attention to the craft of movie making that is stellar. <laughs> you know how some bands have started doing, well, it might be older than the last sort of 10 years or so, but I've noticed it's now like a trend. Some bands will live score a classic movie I haven't seen that have you not seen it so no. there's been quite a few that have been doing Cornus it over Quartet here did that a long time ago I think. would you ever think about doing something like that with the Melvins we've like, done t- it have you, which film have you done we did it for a movie uh, two Cameron Jamie films um, and we toured it in England about 15 years ago right I think all around missed it yeah and uh, we played at the forum here wow and, uh, um, it was great it's really fun. No, yeah, it's, it's a fun thing to do. We wrote the score and then played it live during the movie, the whole movie. So you've already beat me to it, but is that a format you would revisit? And if you could pick any film like as a dream project, um, regardless of how you'd execute it, let's just say you can do it and you know you've got the skills. I don't know. Um, uh, maybe. I mean, it's, it's you know the one that we did was there was no uh, dialogue, so. It was easy to yeah do it a little dialogue but um, I can't imagine doing to you know the Wizard of Oz or something. there's so much music well did you see so Primus pretty. did the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory album was that with the movie and it, it wasn't with the whole movie but what they did do was use obviously famous scenes and visuals from the film within the no, set design it. and I the didn't see it but I'm a big music. fan of that movie huge fan of that movie it's oh amazing. it's an amazing film yeah I like musicals a whole lot um most of them, anyway. Um, well, uh, the thing with a lot of those kind of musicals as well, like Wizard of Oz, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, again, so weird and really so weird. nightmarish. Really cool. Yeah. And another one that actually took it another step was uh, Les Mis. That yes. Was, I thought that was a tremendous movie. Yeah, brilliant. I saw that probably, me and my wife probably saw it six times in the theater, probably five or six times. And I couldn't believe the people that were shit-talking that movie either. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, this is a, this is a fantastic unbelievable piece of work that you're going to shit on really what do you like <laughs> yeah you know? i want to hear this yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're out of your if mind that shit, what do you write i thought that was a really great movie yeah that was and incredible performances incredible From even russell crowe you thought wow he's singing and he's he fine and he's killing <laughs> he's fine he's fine in it and uh, um there's some, just some scenes in there like uh, uh on my own that whole scene that's just fucking crazy if it doesn't move you you're a, you're you're dead you know <laughs> are you a Queen fan I love Queen are you excited about Bohemian Rhapsody I want to see it I don't think it's I don't have any idea that it's going to be good but right. I, I'm a huge fan of that stuff um, so you're going in kind of with almost no expectation and then I want to love it yeah I'm going to go in wanting to love it that's what I'm going to do you know I want to love every movie I want to love every record I want to turn on the radio and love everything that's on it I want to buy records that have sold millions of copies and agree if I can you know, I don't want to be a perverse weirdo who just just does the goes the other direction because everybody else, you know, because it's cool. I'm not. That's not me. I want to like. I want to like music. I want to like movies. I want to be excited and, and blown away no matter where it comes comes from. You know, I just like with with uh, Mel Gibson. I can enjoy his movies regardless of what whatever kind of trouble he's gotten himself into. I just look the other way. Or Polanski. Am I not supposed to watch Polanski movies? Yeah. Really? I'm not going to watch, watch Rosemary's Tenet. Baby again. I can't Come watch on. Rosemary's Baby. I can't watch Repulsion. I can't. You know? No, no. You, you don't get to decide that for me. <laughs> even even Woody Allen, people are saying that now about, and it's like, draw yeah. the line. Well, whatever. I mean, I'm not Manhattan. You can't take that out of your collection. Yeah. Are you into Woody Allen? Uh, I like some of it. I like uh, interiors. Yeah? And I like... Uh, you like Sleeper? Um, Have you seen that one? Sleeper's okay. It's a little too hammy for me. I yeah. thought it was okay. Uh, I like the... My favorite is uh, Stardust Memories. 
I haven't seen that one. That's my favorite one, definitely. By far. You know, I think it's a really good one. Um, um, Jim Jarmusch, you like his stuff? Uh, yeah, kind of. You know, not 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 as much as some some people. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it fine. I like what Neil Young did with the soundtrack to Dead Man. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I like the way that looked. I like black and white a whole lot. Yeah. Photography and movies. That, does, that doesn't bother me. And Down by Law with Tom Waits. Down by Law. It's good. Um, yeah, movies, you know, I'm a huge movie fan. Huge, just just huge. I'll going all the way back. And John Huston, like I was saying before, I think that he, he, he covered everything. And he, he had a really great work ethic. And um, um, I believe that you make albums the same way directors make movies. You, know, you want it to go somewhere. There's a reason why it's all there. Um, and I liked what he said when he said that, you know, he would make movies. He'd watch them once in the projection or the, you know, the editing, whatever it was, and then walk away from it. And that's kind of how I feel, too. It's like by the time our, our, one of our albums comes out, I'm done with it. I've already been listening to it for months and months and months, and then I move, move, move on. You know? How do you work a set list when you're on a tour like this? Do you have one set list for the whole tour, or do you we change it up do. every day? Um, I don't work really well with uh, um, surprise set lists. I think it's a – unless your music is pretty similar, which ours isn't. Yeah. Um, then it's it's a, a, a dangerous thing to do, and it can really not work in your favor. Um, I've seen bands have the audience in the palm of their hand for the first two songs, and because they picked out the wrong set list, they've lost them by halfway through. You know, I never wanted to do that. I wanted to approach it more like performance art and a Broadway musical, more that tells a story, takes them on a journey. Maybe you know, yeah, has but peaks and troughs, and like the Broadway musical. If you go see, you know, one of those, they don't change the set list. There's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> we work all that out in the rehearsal place, and um, we want to play seamless, as seamless as we can for our hour and t- ten minutes, and, um, and, and view that entire amount of time as very important. It's not just, here's another little song for you, and then here's another little song. I don't look at it that way. That's, that's, not, that's, that's, for that's how bands. you should introduce every track tonight, Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Here's another <laughs> little song. For, I don't talk. So, you know, we tend to let the music do the talking. Yeah. What is it about you guys and Halloween? You always seem to be in the UK around Halloween. Last year we played on Halloween, yeah, on, in London. Um, this year we're leaving on Halloween. I don't know; it just makes it just worked out. Good time of year to tour. Yeah, it's you know, not we don't there's get... some specific Halloween themed no. events over here that you no, not at all. like to try and squeeze in at the no. end of every run. Halloween's <laughs> not as big a deal here as it is in the U.S. No, it's not. It's a huge deal in the U.S. Um, um, but uh, uh, I've always liked that kind of stuff. I'm a sucker for that kind of goth-looking stuff, anyway. So I love all that kind of, those kinds of things, graveyards. You know, all of it. Bats. And what about Christmas? Are you a Christmas guy? Me and my wife never um, buy each other gifts um, for anything, but um, we uh, um, love the way Christmas stuff looks. So we, we always decorate our house, but we don't uh, buy presents. <laughs> but you get into the festive spirit. I buy it for other people. But the thing is with us, like our Christmas tree came down, um, went up in December and came down in uh, June. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. So. It's about it. to go back up. You know. <laughs> I mean, mid-November. You know, um, we have a giant Santa Claus collection. We we collect all kinds of stuff. We have all, all kinds of weird stuff. I don't know how to how to describe it really. Yeah. Are you a hoarder, or you just like collecting? You're a collector. It's very specific hoarding. You know, I have a lot of stuff, so I'm not a, I'm not like keeping things just for, you know, um, I have to like it. Yeah, it has to be something that uh, I wish I could show you, but oh well. Oh well. Oh, well. next, time. next time buzz all right thank you so thanks much thanks for hanging out thanks yeah. for coming on the show really enjoyed it and uh next time when you're back let's do a pure film talk yeah oh, let's, I'm let's, in. Let's, let's, let's figure it out get some sort of list going on and we'll go in i'd love to great i'm looking forward to the show tonight can't wait and um yeah thanks again Talk for coming on the show cheers thanks. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 